I am ending the embargo. And I'm doing it because of Hunter Green and Nick Ladello. Plus, I'll also tell you why the first New Year's resolution for the Reds needs to be transparency. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm your host, Jeff Carr, the addict and super fan of all things Cincinnati Reds. And I turn that addiction into information for you. Sorry about the little bit of the break there with the holidays. Things kind of got crazy, but we're back. Four episodes coming at you this week as we move into 2023 and the show grows. Lots coming in that area. But I want to talk about this because I've had a bit of a personal boycott. Boycott almost sounds like a strong word for this, but I've not been wearing red stuff since really they got rid of Wade Miley. So with that being said, here's the reason why I think the biggest thing that the team can do, because I said I was not going to put Reds gear back on until the Reds actually did something that made them better for 2022. And I think the biggest thing that the team can do to make themselves better this coming year is to call up Hunter Green and Nick Ladello. And it seems like they're going to do that. The plan, uh, it's been coming into view here recently, something they've been talking about, you know, they, they really have been hitting the whole budget thing and talking about realigning payroll and all this other stuff, which led us to believe that they're basically going to rebuild. But then Nick crawl talked about, no, this isn't a rebuild. So it's a little bit confusing and we'll get to that later on in this episode, but I believe that they are being honest about calling up Hunter Green and Nick Ladello. And to be honest with you, unless they go and they trade for Mike Trout or, you know, Shohei Otani or a couple of other different players like that, then the best thing that this team could possibly do is calling up Green and Ladello. Nick Crawl had something to say about that. This was whenever the Reds got rid of Wade Miley and just sent him to Chicago for nothing. Uh, he had something to say about that. Um, Hunter Green, uh, Nick Lodolo uh, were in AAA to finish the year. Um, you know, still they're going to compete. They're going to come in spring training to compete for a job um, on the big league club and, and see where that goes. Hunter's got to be protected this year. So we'll obviously protect him. Um, but uh, you know, we do have some young pitchers that, uh, you know, moving forward with uh, it'll be good to see at some point in the, uh, in the, uh, in the future. Why bring that up in November? If they're going to rely, if they're not really going to rely on these guys, why bring that up at all this early in the off season? Why say that you're going to give Hunter Green and Nick Ladello a shot in spring training if it's not going to be legitimate? That was something that I wondered back whenever this first happened, back whenever they were talking about the move of letting Wade Miley go, and Nick Crawl brings this up and says that they're going to get a shot in spring training. I was like. Boy, if that's legitimate, that's huge news. But why on earth are you saying that then if it's not really going to be a case? In fact, I think that's why there have been so many rumors about Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray and Tyler Malley possibly being traded 
is because the Reds are open to dealing from their starting pitching dirt or depth, not dearth, depth, and see if they can help the team in other areas, say, you know, outfield where they have a huge problem. But when you look at this, Hunter Green and Nick Lodello have amazing profiles. It's something that when you look at these guys, and, and we'll start with Hunter Green, this scouting profile right here. This is phenomenal. I mean, the fastball we know is electric. The slider is good. The changeup is coming along. And the command, as you see right there, 35, it's coming up. It's, it's going to get better. They say that it could be as good as 60. When you're talking about those numbers, and again, this is the scouting scale of 20 to 80, 80 being like otherworldly good, then 60 is pretty phenomenal. That's where his fastball is going to be. That's where his command is going to be. His slider is going to be close to that. So we're talking about a dude that has all of the talent in the world. And yes, you're going to say, well, Jeff, he's not had a ton of minor league experience, but part of that was Tommy John surgery took one year away from him. And then as he was coming back healthy, a global pandemic happened and he didn't have any minor league baseball for a whole nother year. So part of that is he had to do a lot of growing all in one season this last year. And I think he did because when you look at this based on the strikeout to walk percentage area, he profiles just like Luis Castillo. Now you're going to say, boy, that's a big comparison, but hear me out. I mean, look at that. That's a 28% strikeout rate and 9% walk rate. You'd like to see the walk rate down a little bit. Sure. You'd you'd always like to see the strikeout rate up, but those are pretty good. The only area of concern that we have is he gives up more fly balls than Castillo. Castillo is amazing at allowing ground balls at a 56% rate this past season. Whereas uh, Hunter green is really more in the 40%. He's, he's kind of around league average when it comes to that. So he might get burned a little bit more there, great American. That's just some growing pains and something he's got to get through. But you're not going to get through that pitching in Louisville. You're going to do it in Cincinnati. And he is ready to be called up. Then you also look at Nick Lodello. When, I, when I'm talking about this report card right here, he has amazing command already. He already has pretty much league average command, and he hasn't even pitched an inning in the major leagues. He is a guy who is also going to be 24 whenever spring training eventually starts. Even if spring training were to start on time, he would be 24 whenever pitchers and catchers report. So it's not as if we're talking about a dude who is too young. He came out of college kind of already sort of kind of polished. They just needed to get some minor league innings underneath of him. You're going to say he only got three starts in AAA last year, Jeff. I don't think that this is something that we've got to have an hourglass on his time in AAA. I think he's ready. Bring him up because he already has an out pitch in his curveball. That's something that we talk about a lot that, okay, so a guy has good command, but what is he going to do when he gets two strikes? Nick Liddell is going to drop that curveball in on you. And he showed it. Of course, it was at the you know AA level, but he was getting high strikeout totals. He knows how to pitch around a hitter in a way that's going to get the hitter to swing at that nasty curveball, and he's going to get those outs with it. These are two guys who are bona fide rotation pieces who should be in the rotation on opening day, and they're going to cost together a tenth of Wade Miley's 2022 salary. So if we are being objective about it, as much as I loved Wade Miley, and as much as I'm sure you loved Wade Miley, with the Reds positioning themselves as a team that's going to worry about the budget, this is amazing. Two pitchers, 
for a tenth of the price of one. And if we're being honest, is Wade Miley really going to replicate what he did this past season? He was really, really good. That's a huge ask. And we're talking about two guys that have a legitimate shot at being very good starting pitchers throughout their career. Two guys that the Reds can rely on for at least five years, at least these first five years, and then maybe even more past that should they, you know, get on the whole contract uh, extension plan there. Speaking of debuts, I want to talk about ranking Reds pitchers debut guys who made their major league debuts as Cincinnati Reds and how good they were. We're going to rank them in order of wins above replacement. And this is over the last 12 years. Now I know lots of the times we're talking about the last decade or something like that, but Hey, it's the holidays. I've been eating a lot of baked goods. So I'm thinking about dozens, you know, so we'll go back the last dozen years. And speaking of great, uh, baked goods and great, uh, snacks, let's talk about built bar built bar is the snack that you need to add to your snack game. It is healthy for you, but it's also going to scratch that sweet itch that you've got in your appetite. If you're looking for something that is chocolatey, something that has a little bit of fruit flavor, maybe something that has a peanut butter flavor built bar has something for you. You can check out their amazing flavors at built.com and you can use the promo code locked 15 to save 15% off your next order. They've got the amazing built bar puffs as well, which are actually just the the bars. I know it, it kind of sounds a little bit confusing when you say puffs, you think it's just this little thing, but it's still like a regular built bar, but instead the inside is marshmallowy. It's kind of like a three musketeer a little bit in the way that I perceive it. So very tasty. And it still has the amazing health statistics that you've come to know and love when it comes to built bar, 180 calories or less up to 18 grams of protein. Jump on built bar today. You're not going to be dissatisfied. You're going to love it. Go to built.com and use the promo code lock 15 to save 15% off your next order. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Tomorrow, going to power rank Reds closer options for 2022. We're going to talk about some guys that are already on the roster, and I'm going to include some free agents that I think the Reds might actually go for. I, obviously, we're not talking about the high-dollar guys because they've pretty much told us that's not going to happen, but guys within the Reds budget in the free agent market and how they compare to guys who are already on the roster. We'll do some power rankings tomorrow of Reds closer options. Speaking of rankings, let's look back through the last 12 years. There have been some interesting uh, debuts and we're going to look at a bunch of these and these are going from good to bad. Starting obviously with Luis Castillo, the best pitching debut of the last 12 years for any Cincinnati Reds pitcher at 2.6 wins above replacement. Now, part of this is a qualifier that they've had to at least had 10 starts in their debut. I'm not looking at guys who, all right, they started five games and then they moved to the bullpen. Not looking at guys who maybe only started a couple of games and then they were gone. Something like that. that that's kind of, you know discounting those fellows, but Luis Castillo, amazing debut. That is the benchmark. When you're talking about when we're looking at Hunter green and Nick Ladello this coming season, can they accumulate 2.6 wins above replacement? And you're saying, well, Jeff Luis Castillo is one of a kind. He was probably the only guy on this list that was above two wins or at two wins. That's so fast. My friend, do you remember Tony Singrani? 
That's right. Going back to a dude who, honestly, when you when you ask the question, this was something that everybody was talking about this off season or this off season, this holiday season of, you know, if you could have a Christmas wish of one Reds player to be healthy. Most people were saying Ken Griffey Jr. And then the people that weren't saying Ken Griffey Jr. were saying Eric Davis. And you go back through and you think of different guys. Tony Singrani, he's not a guy that I would have picked over them, but he's kind of a dark horse candidate that if you were to say he would be healthy his entire career. Because that first year. He, he pitched a couple of uh, games in 2010, and then he really got going in 2011. He was awesome as a starting pitcher. I don't know if you remember how good he was because we remember him in the bullpen, and then we remember his unceremonious trade away, and, he, and he's pitching for the Dodgers, and he's pitching for the Cardinals and all this other stuff. And so you don't really remember him as a starting pitcher because he he didn't really have the arm for it. He His arm just couldn't stay healthy pitching that much. So they worked him in the bullpen and kind of pivot pivoted his career a little bit in that regard. The interesting thing is, if you look at his baseball reference page, according to baseball reference, he has a total of two and a half wins above replacement for his entire career. That first year in 2011, his first full year with the Reds, he compiled two Point zero wins above replacement as a starter. That's how good he was. He's the second best Reds pitching debut as far as starting pitcher goes over the last 12 years, right behind Luis Castillo. Number three on this list, Goody. Vladimir Gutierrez this past year compiled 1.8 baseball, you know, B-War. B-War, 1.8 B-War this last year. Now, again, baseball reference is a little bit biased toward pitchers, so it's possible that this is a little bit inflated based on fan graphs wins above replacement, but I'm using B-War for all this stuff just to kind of give you that uh, little caveat there. But Goody had 1.8 war. He looked phenomenal. It's interesting to note that we were watching the third best debut by a red talking about a guy who had never pitched in the major leagues before and then begins his major league career as a Cincinnati red. And as a starting pitcher, Goody was number three, number four on this list. You might remember him. You also might remember him for, uh, the trade that the reds thought they were getting. That was good. And that is Travis Wood. Travis Wood made his debut in 2010 with a 1.3 B war pretty good. He, in fact, he, he looked pretty solid that season. And of course, a couple of years later, they trade him for Sean Marshall. How'd that go? Yeah. Anyway, number four on this list, Travis Wood, a 1.3 war. Then a guy that, um, you're going to hear, I mean, depending on which Reds fan you ask, they may be mad. They may be sad, or they may be happy that he's no longer a red. I don't know. I'm one of those that still a little bit upset about this, but Rysel Iglesias, he actually came up as a starter. You may remember that. And then they moved him to the bullpen after they deemed his arm was not going to be strong enough to be a starter all year. And he was a pretty good closer too. But as a starter, when he made his debut, he was a starting pitcher. He compiled just under one. It was 0.9 B war, which puts him in the top five of Reds debuts as starting pitchers. And then I look at number six, Tyler Malley at 0.6 wins above replacement. Now he only had a couple of starts. He had four starts in 2017. So I, I expanded this out a little bit because obviously Tyler Malley made his debut. Obviously he was always going to be a starting pitcher for the Reds. So he made four starts in 2017 and then a bunch more in 2018. And when you put those two together, 
you get 0.6 war because he was all right. He wasn't amazing, but you saw flashes of brilliance in there compiled with flashes of awfulness. And that's why that first full year as a starter wasn't so great. And then interestingly enough, rounding out Cincinnati Reds pitching debuts, whose wins above replacement were actually in the positive category. Sal Romano, big Sal was 0.3 wins above replacement as he debuted as a starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, I just, I really, I don't know. When I think of Sal Romano, I think of a dude that I, I, I expected to see more of. I, I thought he was going to be that back end type of the rotation guy that, you know, the fourth or fifth starter that was going to be solid for the Reds. He just never really got the whole command thing down. He had trouble with the walks, trouble with the walks, and that kills. And, and this was kind of the dude. This is the reason that I wanted to go back 12 years. And, of course, it also included Travis Wood and Tony Singrani. But Mike Leak, I was curious about his debut because he is obviously, uh, you know, always going to be in our minds as far as rookie debuts go because he never touched the minor leagues before debuting. He gets drafted, and he goes right to the majors. And in his debut – he compiled negative 0.2 wins above replacement. So not terrible, but a little bit below league average in his first year. Then you look at John Lamb. He made exactly 10 starts. That's where I got the uh, the line. Because that was a dude that, I mean, you look back at that trade, and I don't want to go too deep into this because we could talk for a long time about the general disappointment, I think. Maybe that's being too kind, but the Louis, uh, the, uh, the Johnny Cueto trade that at the time looked pretty good. And in fact, most people said that the Reds won that trade. Of course, the Royals would parlay that into a world series. So I think they ended up winning that trade and none of the three guys are currently a red anymore. So I don't think the Reds won that trade in the end, but when they got Brandon Finnegan, John Lamb and Cody Reed, you thought, boy, they just rebuilt their pitching staff on one trade. John Lamb's debut as a Cincinnati Red, not that great. Negative 0.4 B war in his first 10 starts. And, of course, he really didn't do that much past them. Now we get to the two guys that I don't I, – I, and, and, I, and maybe I'm putting too much on Hunter Green and Nick Ladello for their debut, but I don't think they're going to be in this category. The oh no category when it comes to debuts. This first guy you probably won't remember – because he made just enough start, right? He made a little bit more than the minimum that I've set for this this little exercise. But um, he's a guy that he had negative 1.2 B war. See if you remember. I know that our friend Ken at Obscure X Reds is going to remember this. But Kivas Sampson, he debuted as a starting pitcher for the Reds. And he compiled negative 1.2 B war. And then... The guy that uh, was in that Johnny Cueto trade that everybody said was the big get, Cody Reed, his debut, he made as a Cincinnati Red, <sighs> negative 1.5 war. I remember whenever he was called up and there was just such pomp and circumstance surrounding him and you're thinking, Cody Reed, he's going to be this guy, this, this stalwart in the rotation, and he just couldn't throw strikes. And when you can't throw strikes, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is because you're going to walk everybody because nobody's going to swing at it. So hoping 
that Green and Ladello challenge Luis Castillo for the best debuts as Cincinnati Reds pitchers, and definitely hoping they don't end up in the Kiva Sampson and Cody Reed area. Uh, I think they've got a real shot to insert themselves into the upper echelon here, uh, and I don't believe I, I don't believe that's a stretch. I think that's a pretty good bet. The best place to put a pretty good bet, you say? It's betonline.ag. Head on over there today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That's right. Your bankroll will begin inflated before you even make a bet just for typing in the promo code locked on. Betonline.ag has amazing point spreads, money lines, over unders, prop bets on all things football as we go into the playoff stretch when it comes to the NFL and. We're coming up on the college football playoffs, UC, baby, against Alabama. And, of course, Alabama is talking about how they're disrespected and they're underdogs. I don't know how you can be an underdog when you're favored by 13.5 points. Might want to check that one out there, uh, Crimson Tide. Anyway, you can bet on all that great stuff at betonline.ag. Set up your profile today. You can get in on basketball action. There's Whether you're talking about college basketball or the NBA, there's the NHL, there's UFC, boxing, and all of your favorite Vegas casino games are at betonline.ag. Set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus and get in the game, get in the action at betonline.ag, where the game starts. You can connect with the show and you can connect with me on Twitter at locked on reds for the show, or you can find me at Jeff Carr with three F's right there on Twitter. You can also hit me up in the locked on reds line at five, one, three, five, four, nine, zero, one, five, nine. All right. I mentioned this earlier, uh, and we're going to start talking about some uh, different things when it comes to new year's resolutions for the reds. And we're starting with a big one. If you're regrouping for 2023, tell us we're adults. Be transparent with the fan base. Here, <clears throat> let me offer my pitch for this. When I'm talking about transparency from the Reds, from Nick Crawl, from ownership, from everything, when it comes to what the Reds are about to do, here's my pitch. The 2021 results didn't reach the level of expectation that we had for the team. I'm speaking as if, you know, I was saying this for the Reds. The results didn't match the level of expectation that we had for the team. With some key departures this offseason and a renewed focus on the budget from those signing the checks, we are going to focus on our young talent while adding a player or two on contracts we see as palatable. We've asked you to bear we've asked you fans to bear with us for the better part of the last decade. This will only take a year, and we will be back in the playoff race in 2023. Who says no to that? And does it really benefit anybody to continue stringing fans along on this belief that they're going to be building a playoff team while cutting payroll? I think everyone understands where the Reds are. If, if you're going to cut payroll, don't continue to feed us this nonsense that you think that this is a World Series team. 
but be honest with us because if you look at this roster, they're not far off. They're not close enough this year, but I think in 2023, they've got a shot with a couple of key moves, bringing up some guys, getting them used to the major leagues, things like that. You can do this in one year. You can do this right. Trust in the public opinion of those in charge of the Reds is at an all-time low, and that's after a year in which they posted their fifth best record since the turn of the century. But it's at an all-time low because we were expecting, us fans were expecting some form of postseason success after years of futility, years of writing off the season in May. Then, when it wasn't delivered, leadership began getting rid of players like they were rusted parts off of an old car, all while dodging questions about the competitive nature of this team. That was something that I believe was Charlie Goldsmith after the Tucker Barnhart trade. They were, they were, you know, uh, C Trent asked him about, you know, what's the budget look like? And they said that they're still working that out. And then Charlie Goldsmith kind of pushed him and said, is this a competitive budget? Is, is the team going to be competitive in 2022? And Nick crawl said, we're still working that out. Be honest with us. This is baseball. This isn't global politics, all right? This isn't something super dramatic like this. Stop acting like hiding your agenda is helping anybody. I mean, is it really going to be that bad to say, hey, look, 2022, we're going to focus on some young talent. We're going to bring up Green. We're going to bring up Lodello. We're going to run them out there every five days. We're going to get them used to this because they're ready for this, because they can lead this team ahead. And then we're looking at situations. We probably will end up trading Sonny Gray at some point this year and trying to see what sort of prospects we can get back for him and things like that. But this team's going to be ready in 2023. So come to the ballpark, check out some dudes who are going to be integral parts of this franchise for years to come. Are you going to be mad about that? Because if they're sitting here on opening day and they're telling us, yes, this team is going to be good. Then in May, whenever they're struggling to fight with the Cubs and fight with the Cardinals to say nothing of the Brewers, and everybody's kind of reading the tea leaves because they've seen this song and dance for the last eight years now. How much are people going to be coming to the ballpark then? And yeah, you probably are saying, well, Jeff, there's probably going to be a little bit of a attendance hit if you admit that they're not going to fight for the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, I think most fans enjoy coming to the ballpark. I think most fans will enjoy buying into a team that is being honest with them. Why do you think there are so many Tigers fans that are excited about this year? Because they were honest with their fans over the last couple of seasons. There's still Orioles fans. Not really sure why. Shout out to our buddy Connor Newcomb over at Lockdown Orioles. But all these different teams that have been struggling, the Royals look like they might be coming out of their malaise. The Rangers look like they might be coming out of their malaise. Be honest with us. I mean, we're adults. And those who are kids just like baseball anyway. And part of me is a kid because I just love baseball anyway. But the, the, the point of the matter is a New Year's resolution for the Reds needs to be transparency. Treat your fans like they know 
what they're talking about. Because guess what? For the most part, we do. There's some weird takes out there. Like Joey Votto's not a Hall of Famer. That's bullcrap. He is. But for the most part, Reds fans know what's up because this is a baseball town. Stop treating us like every single year we're going to win the World Series because it ain't happened. They ain't won a playoff series since 1995. What are we really talking about here? Transparency. Do it. Make that a New Year's resolution if you're in leadership for the Cincinnati Reds. I employ you. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen. Lockdown Bets is your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Help you make a couple of bucks over at betonline.ag. That's Lockdown Bets, just like Lockdown Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, like I mentioned earlier, Reds closer candidate power rankings. Hey, it might be the offseason. We might be locked out, but we're locked on Reds every single day. <laughs>